And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everybody. Here we go. We are one week away from 450 of these. I guess, I guess we'll just keep going. I don't know. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me. Happy to have all of you with us. If you are with us live, the chat's open. If you're not with us live, that's okay, too. You can leave a comment. This show is also available as a podcast on a number of different platforms, so you can connect with us over there as well. Of course, all the social media stuff. You can send an email with your feedback or topic suggestions or guest suggestions live from the bunker at sapphireforme.com. Of course, we all do want you to share this video out. Tell other people about it. Inflict this on your enemies. Tell your friends. Oh, well, here we go. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be doing for episode 450, but you know, maybe we'll do some kind of a special thing. I don't know. We could do a, we could do an open mic. We could do a big celebration stream to invite a bunch of different people in. Who knows? I don't know. We'll see. I, it's 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 still up in the air to see what exactly we're going to do. I don't know. Dave says 450 episodes. You must be doing something right. Well. You would think that. Funny enough, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, every now and again, <clears throat> every now and again, I see online people ta- talking to independent creators. Say, indie creators, you need to you need to promote your work. You need to promote your work. You need to promote your work. You know, tell people about it. Nobody's going to know about your new book unless you're telling people about it. And I usually chime in that not only do you need to be telling people about it, but you also need to have a media kit. So when you have people like us or like Critical Blast or, or, or Bancroft or, or Peter Samedi, any of these people who have interviews with you about your stuff, there needs to be some prep material. Here's all of the stuff that you need to know. The fact sheet, the information stuff, bios on the creators, photographs and all of that, right? And I'm thinking, you know, I should I should probably given given my near 34 years in media, I could probably do an hour with advice and tips and marketing and and advertising and that kind of thing. And then and then I sit there and I think, well, you know, if my 34 years in media uh, was worth anything, we'd have more than 2100 subscribers. I think I guess I guess maybe it's kind of a kind of a stop and reflect moment i guess i don't know so anyway but we're glad all of you are here those of you who are subscribed those of you who do keep coming back even if you're not subscribed and you keep coming back we appreciate that as well you don't have to subscribe i mean the people that are watching according to the data and i'm not really one for a lot of data i know mrs mrs boss is more the numbers person if we ever start talking numbers she's she's all over the math right but, you know, if we look at that, it's, uh, it, it shows me that about 60-ish percent of the people who are watching this channel are not subscribed. And that's fine. I mean, there's no requirement. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it, there's, a, there's a certain amount of personal satisfaction seeing that number go up. And when the number goes down... It's a little soul crushing, just a little bit. I mean, there are days when, when it 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 threatens to send me into a in, into a spiral of depression that'll take me three or four days to recover from. But but you know that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Everything's fine. I'm not waving a gun around or anything. I'm not threatening anybody. 
Which brings us to our topic for today. Ezra Miller. Now, let me let me back up just a second for 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 a minute. Um, because they talk about we talk about the subscribers, we talk about this and and all all kidding aside, one I want to say I do appreciate everybody that keeps coming back. I I I I, I know you've got all sorts of different places where you could be uh, different channels you could put your attention to. I, I'm glad you're here. Uh, the other thing that I would like to encourage people to do is connect with us on our Odyssey channel and over on the TV.2, which is going to be kind of our, our replay channel. Uh, again, it's experimental. I'm not sure exactly that it's worth the time and the effort that we're putting into it, but we'll see. It's, it's a test of the YouTube algorithm is basically what that is. So, uh, so there is that. But yes, definitely... Uh, definitely, we want to have some people connect with us over on Odyssey. Right now, we're sitting at 194, and uh, it would be nice to get that number up. It's not it's not super critical, but, you know, it's, it's good to have alternatives, right? And speaking of alternatives, we have three that Warner Brothers Discovery was contemplating, at least according to The Hollywood Reporter, with regard to Ezra Miller and The Flash. And this article came out on August 11th. Kim Masters and Pamela McClintock, the authors here of the headline. This is out of the Heat Vision blog on, uh, on Hollywood Reporter. Warner Brothers weighing fate of the Flash as its Ezra Miller problem grows. Now this comes after we had word that Child Protective Services had got involved with regard to that family that was allegedly the mom and the kids who was allegedly on Miller's property in Vermont and it looked like they were trying to separate the kids from the mother because she had put them in a, a, a risky situation by being uh, being on Miller's property. Now, I need to say this one thing before we get going very much further into this because my background in media requires me, I, I have a I have an obligation here, I feel, to say all of this is alleged at this point. That's something that we have to be very careful. Those of us who have been in any kind of journalistic background, it's, it's something that I think gets ignored... Uh, a little bit too much by the new media because you know everybody everybody wants to do that that uh, that you know sensationalized headlines and whatnot we have to be very careful here because you know the the legal cover that news news operations do all of this is alleged now having said that I'm going to circle back to that in a little bit but let's let's get into this uh, this article here, just to bring everybody up to speed where we were with regard to the choices that Warner Brothers Discovery has. Now, remember, this comes after Batgirl was scrapped. This comes after we get word that Supergirl was no longer in development. And there are, there are consequences and fallout to that in a minute as well. I'll get to that, too. From the article, The Fate of Warner Brothers' The Flash hangs in the balance as actor Ezra Miller continues to make headlines for their controversial behavior and various arrests. An outright shelving of the film... Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I hate auto-load. Auto-play. Stop doing that, folks. If you have a website, turn it off, please. Anyway. Before I was so rudely interrupted, let me continue. An outright shelving of the film is not off the table, though it would be a last resort. Warner's and its new parent company, Warner Brothers Discovery, had hoped to avoid the line of fire because its big-budget DC superhero tentpole isn't scheduled to hit theaters until June 23, 2023, but the pressure is mounting by the day. On Monday... Uh, the actor was charged with a felony burglary, and on Wednesday, Rolling Stone reported that Vermont's Child Services Department is attempting to locate a mother and three children who have allegedly been residing at Miller's Farm in the state. Now, this was last week. A source with knowledge of the situation 
it's always a source with knowledge, right? It's, it's, nobody ever gets quoted by name in this stuff. First, uh, Warner, the su says the studio appears to be preparing for three possible scenarios. Hi, Kaylee. Good to see you in the chat. I see Cam. I see Dave. Uh, just uh, letting you know. I see you all there. <clears throat> First, Warners has received indications that the 29-year-old Miller, whose mother has accompanied the actor in recent days, will seek professional help after returning home to their farm in Vermont after being away. If that happens, Miller, who goes by they, them pronouns, and let me, let me interrupt myself here. Every single article in the trades, all of the mainstream media stuff, absolutely every single time has to let you know that Ezra Miller uses they, them pronouns. As if this is a key element in the story. And I think it is. I'll get to that in a minute. <coughs> All right, if that happens, Miller could give an interview at some point explaining the erratic behavior over the past few years. The actor could then do limited press for The Flash, and the movie would open in cinemas as planned. The second scenario, even if Miller doesn't reach out for help, Warners could still release the film, but don't expect Miller to play a prominent role in terms of marketing and publicity, nor would Miller be The Flash going forward as the role would be recast in future projects. And we're hearing in a number of places that that's going to happen regardless. Ezra Miller is done playing The Flash according to all of the reports and the rumors and the speculation and everything else. So even if The Flash comes out just as is, Ezra Miller is done playing The Flash. That's the latest that we're hearing from various different places. So, just something to keep in mind. The third scenario. The situation with, with Miller deteriorates further. This would see Warner's killing the movie outright, as it could not be reshot with a different actor. Miller plays multiple characters and is in almost every scene. Scrapping a $200 million film would be an unprecedented move. Okay, so there's the, there's the beginnings of the setup here. So you got three different doors behind which you have the, the lady or the tiger, right? And it's interesting that in this particular article, it mentions that Miller is playing multiple characters. Now we've known he's playing two versions of Barry Allen. Two is not necessarily multiple as it would normally be used. If you're talking about multiple, you're talking about more than two. Otherwise, you just say two. So if, if that means that Ezra Miller is playing more than two, I can see where, and, and even playing two, if Miller is in almost every scene, I can see Warner Brothers and David Zaslav sitting there going, we not, we're not going to spend another $200 million to replace Miller. That's just not cost-effective. I mean, we're already behind the eight ball in this thing. There's, there's little chance that the movie is going to break even. They, they can, at best, hope that this movie breaks even at this point. Now, the flip side of that is a lot of people see this as the beginning of the restoration of the Snyder cut, the Snyder verse. And so you're going to have a lot of people who were rabid Snyder fans probably go see this movie regardless whether, you know, whether you've got Ezra Miller in there or not doing doing all of the shenanigans that have been reported. There still will be this loyalty to Snyder that may over uh, that may overcome those ob uh, those objections to Miller. In which case, you might have a movie that performs okay. It's not going to be a billion dollar movie, no matter what. And at this point, I would guess that Warner Brothers Discovery is in damage control mode. Let's minimize the damage as much as we can. That, that to me, seems like that would be the thinking on this. Now, if you want to scrap the $200 million project, you still could. But given that, that Warner Brothers Discovery has now spent money on reshoots, and we've got reports that Miller was shooting some stuff as much as just a few weeks ago, 
So Warner Brothers Discovery has now spent money on The Flash. That was not the case with Batgirl. Batgirl was legacy Warner Media under AT&T. So that money got spent by a completely different business entity. And the debt gets assumed by the new company. And the new company can write it off the taxes because that company spent that money. We didn't. Whereas now with The Flash... They've made the commitment. They've spent money to, as Zaslav says, make it even better. And they're spending money on The Flash, which means it's now a Warner Brothers Discovery project, which means it's now Warner Brothers Discovery's problem. So they can't necessarily scrap it in the same way that they did with Batgirl. Because they don't get the same kind of tax write-off benefits that they would by scrapping Batgirl. So they have to save it if they can. And they can't reshoot with another actor because Miller is everywhere in this film. So that's, that's the scenario that, that, uh, that Michael DeLuca and, and Pam Abney and Alan Horn and David Zaslav are all looking at. And, you know however much Walter Hamada is involved in all of that too. That's the discussion. How do we save this project and at least break even? Now, I don't have any inside information. It would be nice to have some sources telling me some stuff. I am speculating just like everybody else. I am also drawing on my knowledge of the film industry, limited as it may be, my experience as a filmmaker, because I know some of the things that, that you have to look at when you're deciding, do we keep going on this? Do we change something? What's it going to do? Because wearing the producer's hat, the, every decision costs money. Marketing costs money. PR costs money. Damage control costs money. Everything. It's not just making the film. It's controlling the narrative, controlling the perception of the film, too. And that's, you know, all the TV commercials, all the social media, all the online stuff, all the interviews, the press junkets, everything. And a $200 million movie is a lot harder to toss in the waistband than a $90 million movie. Or a $70 million movie, or a $100 million movie. Whatever it ended up being that the Batgirl cost... There's a lot more tied up in the Flash that is harder to escape, let's say. So, now, that was August 11th. Fast forward now to August the 15th, which is Sunday. Sunday 15th was Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. So, the 15th, we got Sunday. This is Variety. It looks like they've chosen door number number one. The Flash star Ezra Miller seeking treatment for complex mental health issues. This is an exclusive. Be nice. Be nice. Everybody be nice. Everybody be nice. Now, we have been saying for a long time, and a number of people have been saying for a long time, that it appears Ezra Miller has some issues. Some of the allegations, some of the accusations, some of some of Miller's own behavior online, on tape. We've got video of one of the arrests from Hawaii. His behavior has been erratic at best. From the outside looking in, it appears that Ezra Miller has got some some issues to deal with. And look, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say Ezra Miller's crazy. Look, I feel sorry for the guy. Whatever whatever he's going through, it's clearly taking a toll. It clearly has uh, affected him. Whether that's sudden fame syndrome. I mean, we've seen how many people have have found stardom and and suddenly lost everything to the pressure you know i mean look at what happened to lindsay lowen look look at look at what happened to a lot of different child actors who grow up in the limelight in the spotlight and they can't handle the pressure look what happened to britney spears 
know. Leave Brittany alone! But it's that kind of thing where you have uh, you have these these young people and and Miller is young who don't have the emotional stability who don't have the emotional maturity and some of that could be because of the fact that they're wired in social media all the time and they think that's reality when it's really not twitter it's it's a it's an indication of a bigger problem. It's not just Miller that's going through this kind of stuff, folks. There are a lot of people in that generation who are having this kind of problem emotionally, mentally. They're having issues because they've been so wired into social media and the Internet. Me, 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 now, now, now is all they know. And then you add to that instant, sudden stardom... And and you get, don't you know who I am? And you get this sense of entitlement because you're a star. You're a celebrity. You're a bigwig. You're a name. People recognize you. You're famous. Can I have your autograph? Can I take your picture? This adulation that comes from being part of the Snyderverse. You know, this adulation that comes from being the Flash. Being a superhero, it goes to your head. If you're not grounded by your upbringing, and that goes back to mama, that goes back to daddy, and that's not just Miller, that's everybody. You have, you have these kids who are growing up in, in environments that are not supportive, not conducive to strong, solid mental and emotional health. I know of which I speak because my kid goes through this same kind of thing. Now, he doesn't have the narcissism problem, this don't you know who I am thing, because none of us are famous. You know, as, as much as I'd like to think that maybe somebody recognized me walking down the street, don't you have a YouTube channel? That hadn't happened yet. And I'm fine with that. My tongue is planted firmly in cheek when I talk about that. I don't need to be famous. I don't need, to, I don't need that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be... I, I don't think that I'm going to be walking the halls of Fan Expo dressed as a Canadian bear anytime soon. Let, let's put it that way, right? That's not me. But my kid is a child of divorce. And my kid is wired into YouTube. And that combination of things, along with other things, causes problems. And I have no doubt that Miller's life experiences are part of the problem here. So, door number one. Johnny? <laughs> All right. So, um, Robert says that uh, I, I should walk around Alberta more. I think your fandom is most dense in the greater Edmonton area. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably Robert and Sci-Fi Snob. Davis says, I've got to st start stalking you so I can say, hey, don't you have a YouTube channel? Uh, and, and Cam, you're right. I you can't think of, of many things worse than fame. Fame has, fame has a tendency to do things to people. And again, it goes back to maturity. And you see a lot, I mean, it's not just the young people that get affected by this. I mean, you look at some older people who are, who are in this camp, too. So here's, here's from the article. Brett Lang, J. Kim Murphy, the, uh, the authors, August 15th. The Flash star Ezra Miller says they are seeking treatment for complex mental health issues. In a statement provided to Variety by a representative of the actor, Miller broke their silence about the troubling behavior that they have exhibited in recent years, which has led to a series of legal issues and assault and abuse allegations. Miller also apologized for their actions. <sighs> okay. 
as a writer, as somebody who went through advanced placement English in high school, as somebody who made A's mostly in English in junior high and high school, every time I run across a single person using they, them pronouns, I have to bite my tongue. Because I just have to bite my tongue. I'm going to read this article as is, but just know that as I'm rolling across Mr. Miller's pronouns, I'm rolling my eyes, for those of you who are just listening. It do, and it's and it's not Miller. It's it's the overall zeitgeist of the of the pronoun the pronoun bullies. This is just that it, it's that's incidental. Anyway, all right. So, having recently, this is a quote. Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. Miller says. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. Okay. The embattled actor who is non-binary and uses they and them pronouns, again, we have to point this out, every single article about Ezra Miller, by the way, they, them pronouns, played the DC Comics character Barry Allen in 2017's Justice League and his 2021 counterpart Zack Snyder's Justice League, but their role in comic book franchise has been overshadowed by their off-screen behavior, which has alarmed friends and associates of the actor as well as Warner Brothers, the studio behind The Flash. Most recently... Okay, so I, the rest of this goes into this uh, about about the, the incidents, the stuff in Iceland, the stuff in Hawaii, the stuff that's been going on with the with the the Native Americans, with the iron the iron iron eyes, iron eagles, iron eyes family. So there's there's just the rundown of that. But it looks like we've opted for scenario number one, where Ezra Miller goes to get help. Now, I will say this: I think it's good. If Ezra Miller sincerely recognizes that he's got a problem, and it could very well be that Mama sat him down and said, Ezra, it's time to go see the doctor. It could very well be that representatives from Warner Brothers sat down and said, Ezra, it's time to go see a doctor. It could be that all of them sat down and said, Ezra, it's time to see a doctor. If Ezra is, is sincerely going to go get help, great. All for it. Hope he's successful. I hope that he comes out of this better for it. Because at one point, I was figuring that he was not long for this world. I figured after a few posts on his Instagram, I figured he was on his way out. I'm glad that's not the case. I always want the best possible outcome for people as 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 cynical as i am and as pessimistic as i am about the human race in general and certain people in particular i still try to be somewhat hopeful for a positive outcome I am of the opinion that you plan for the worst, you hope for the best, and reality generally sometimes lands somewhere in the middle. And you have to be prepared for whatever happens from that, right? So if Ezra Miller is sitting there and recognizes there is a problem, we have to deal with the problem, I'm going to go talk to a doctor or counselors or whatever, and, and we're, going to, we're going to take care of this problem, or at the very least, work on the problem. Great. More power to you, Ezra. But, having said that, there also needs to be a recognition that there are consequences to their actions. People need to recognize they can't get away scot-free by just saying, Oops, sorry. Ezra Miller, if he's guilty of any crimes, and again, it goes back to my training, alleged, he's been accused, 
if that turns out to be true, if he committed crimes, he needs to pay the price for that. And this is a conversation that I've had with other people before. This is a conversation I've had with my kid. You cannot use a diagnosis. You cannot use your background, your experience, your trauma, whatever. You cannot use that as an excuse for bad behavior. You cannot use that as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Because we saw Miller trying to do that in the, in the arrest tape from Hawaii. Because he was sitting there, as they're arresting him, he's sitting there claiming that they're coming after him because he's non-binary. No acknowledgement whatsoever that he's just committed assault. Allegedly. But you can't, you can't sit there and say, well, I'm part of a protected class. Not if, not if you've committed a crime. It doesn't work that way. And I know some people are sitting there making the comparison. Well, Batgirl got canceled because there's a Latina lead and yada, yada, yada. And, and Flash is, you know, he's, he's a white guy. You know, white privilege and all this other mess. I don't think it's white privilege. I think, I think Miller has been hiding behind LGBTQ privilege. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Because there is... There is something to that. Because I think... I think M Miller has some issues and hides behind that non-binary they-them persona a little bit more probably than it should. That's just me, though. <coughs> now, having said that, I want to get into a couple of other things about this uh, we, because there's some other stuff, there's some other aspects to this that I want to look at. The, the LGBTQ thing, part of it, uh, we're going to get into that and some other things uh, related to all of this mess when we get back right after this, don't go anywhere. If you unsubscribe to our podcasts, our legion is doomed. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Sci-Fi For Me is about to take you on an incredible journey into the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. Conventions and fandom. Previews and reviews of movies and television. Sci-Fi For Me is working to be the most popular science fiction magazine in the solar system. Subscribe now and enter the fantastic world of Sci-Fi For Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Live from the bunker. That one got a little loud. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hutt here, along with all of you. Let me uh, let me switch over here. I've I've got a story here. Um, there's you know talking about the. Um, Talking about the the Batgirl scenario, Leslie Grace reportedly reportedly angry to the point where you know because because Warner Brothers was sitting there saying, hey, you know, we still want to work with Leslie, you know, and it's just the Batgirl thing just wasn't going to work out, and Leslie Grace reportedly is angry enough. To refuse to do it. 
Um, and I'm I'm trying to find the story. I had it earlier, and I can't find it now. Um, let me do this. I I think I know where it is. Let me let me do this. I think Geekosity is where I found it first. Uh, Geekosity was quoting. I think they were quoting. Uh, we got this covered. <coughs> But, I don't know here. Um, here we go. Uh, Leslie Grace, this is, uh, this is, let me pull this up here. This is Geekosity, Jody, uh, Joy Lynn Ferronig Francisco reporting this. Leslie Grace apparently declined the offer of Warner Brothers Discovery for new projects with Batgirl. As businesses go, management gets to deliver executive decisions that trickle operation effects. In most cases, the people doing the groundwork feel the brunt of these effects, much like the top management's decision to overhaul DC film projects. Certain projects became casualties of the decisions, and Batgirl and Scoob Holiday Haunt were two of these. So, we go down here. Let's see. Ah, according to Giant Freaking Robot. So, let's go over here. This is their exclusive. Nathan Kamal writing this. Leslie Grace offered to return as Batgirl, but declined. According to our trusted and proven sources, they say, Leslie Grace has actually been approached by Warner Brothers Discovery to continue as Batgirl in other DCEU projects and has said no. In fact, it seems that Leslie Grace's refusal to return to the role of Barbara Gordon was pretty emphatic, and the actress is extremely angry at Warner Brothers Discovery. Pretty understandably. So, it doesn't look like we're going to get a Latina Batgirl, which is, again, same kind of thing. When you've got coverage of Ezra Miller, the emphasis is always, they always make a point to sit there and say, Ezra Miller uses they, them pronouns. And every story about the cancellation of Batgirl, they always want to make sure that you understand that Warner Brothers Discovery has canceled a Latina Batgirl. Even though Barbara Gordon is not Latina. Okay. And, of course, they're using th the race card to sit there and say, well, of course, they canceled the person of color, but Ezra Miller's project is not canceled. Ezra's white. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the nature of, of Ezra's skin color that has them looking at this. I think, one, you have the, you have the price tag. But if identity is coming into this, then it's the LGBTQ identity because Ezra Miller has been very emphatic about the whole non-binary thing. And in a lot of the complaints that have been leveled against Miller, that factors into it. Identitarianism is forefront is key in some of the in some of the allegations not all of them but in some of them and and Miller's response to police showing up and the don't you know who I am and all that other stuff hiding behind this non-binary multiple pronoun uh, uh, tactic sitting there saying you know well you can't you know I'm you can't oppress me I don't know uh, and, and yeah, Dave, you're right. Tactics like this will follow her career moving forward for the immediate future, especially behind the curtain. It, it's right because they're going to look at this because wh whatever whatever the actual reasoning is behind the Batgirl cancellation, it could very well be this is a tax write-off, just like, just like everybody says it is. Whether it's anything else or not, her response to the decision says a lot about her and I get it you've worked on this thing you've put your blood sweat and tears into it you've done your best you've made whatever effort that you've made you want people to see the results of your work I get it I have a number of things that I would love for people to see that are never going to see the light of day because I either haven't finished it or I look at it and I think nah, it's not quite there yet you know we we did a crowdfunding campaign to, to raise money to build a new website and, and online channel, all that, and it didn't go it didn't get funded. It was like, okay, well, it didn't work. 
And there are times when I can get frustrated <coughs> about the slow progress that we make, but then I have to turn around and say, well, you know, it's progress. We're, we're, we're moving forward. It's a slow crawl. It's not where I would like for it to be, but at least we're moving forward in generally. Now, occasionally, we'll, YouTube will take a few subscribers away from us, but, you know, we get them back, and we're sitting now at 2110 again, and and we'll, we'll keep moving forward, and we get, you know, we get positive comments. We get feedback from, from all of you out there who sit there and say, we like what you're doing. Keep doing it. Keep it up, and okay, you go. So, you know, it's, it's a slog sometimes. I will admit it's very, it's very frustrating. Because we we do good work. <clears throat> I, I will make, make no bones about it. I'm very proud of the work that we do. And as I've told Mrs. Boss on a number of occasions, I'm good at what I do. Mostly. And we just keep doing it. More people need to see what we do here. And they will eventually. We, we're just we're just that that much closer to 5,000 subscribers. We're just that much closer to 10,000 subscribers. <laughs> That's right. Gosh darn it, people like me. Hi, everyone. We're all going to be friends today. Right? <laughs> uh, Dave says, I'm here because of the work you do. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, every, everybody, everybody is here at a different level. It's something, something that... You know, in in various different business ventures, when we talk about, you know, what kind of success you should expect, everybody comes into this stuff at a different level. It's it's not any different from any other venture, whether it's building an audience with a media channel, if it's, uh, you know, evangelizing with the gospel, you, you any anything in between. Anything where you're trying to attract a group of people to your endeavor, to your cause, to your, uh, your side of things, you want to persuade people, it's a slow process. And you have to meet them where they're at. I hear this a lot. You meet them where they're, where they're at. You can't expect people to come to you where you're at and, and be on your level, whatever level that is. Some people come in at a higher level. Some people come in at a lower level. Whether it's knowledge or emotional health or expectations or, or, or professional skills or anything like that. Everybody's, everybody's in a different place. Life experiences all of that. You can't sit there and, and, again, this goes back to conversations I've had with my kid. You cannot expect everyone to adapt to you based on your life experiences because everybody else has different life experiences. And you need to be willing to listen and to learn from other people's experiences rather than make things such that you have to go through those things yourself. You want to learn the hard way, that's fine, but it's going to be a painful process. And bringing people to your group, bringing people to your audience, bringing people to your congregation, whatever that is, you have to take into consideration that there are people out there that are not entirely going to be receptive to what you're trying to do or what you've got to say. So you have to, you have to craft that message in different ways. There's not, you know, the stuff that we do here, like with, with my rants and, and talk and all of this, this is a different show when it's just me. When I've got somebody here as a guest, we're talking about what they want to talk about. We're talking, you know, I'm asking them questions about what they want to do. H2O, it's a completely different kind of show than what we've got here. Blast from the Bunker, Ranker Pit, there are all kinds of different things. In order for us to attract an audience for that particular style and that particular topic or, or theme of topic, <clears throat> and at no point do I sit here and say, you must agree with me or else. At no point do I sit here and say, well, 
if these people don't like it, then they're bigots. If these people don't like it, then they're racist or istophobes or whatever. I'm not going to call you names because you disagree. Now, for the most part, everybody is, you know, we all get along and, and I, I don't get a whole lot of disagreement from people in the chat or, or comments to the, to the contrary of anything that I say. Hopefully because the stuff that I say makes sense. And at the very least, if you don't agree, I'm explaining my point of view to such uh, a, a degree that you can understand why I think the way I do. And we can have a conversation. It's just like it's written in the, in the Old Testament there, what Isaiah says. Let us reason together, right? I don't necessarily expect everybody to agree with me. And I'm not going to bully you. And I'm not going to badger you. Which is a tactic that apparently doesn't work very well. Now, we talk about, we talk about Ezra Miller hiding behind the, the non-binary they-them pronouns. I want to broaden this for just a second. Because this just came out. <clears throat> oh, well, I say that. I, this, this did not come out. I just saw it. This is from 2019. So this is three years ago, pre-pandemic. But I think it applies even more today than it did three years ago. I would be curious to see what kind of follow-up there is on this. This is an article in the Daily Signal. The headline, LGBT activists could be to blame for falling LGBT acceptance. Now, this is three years ago again. This is, this is June of 2019. This is pre-pandemic. But this is also... The crybully crowd sitting there saying, why don't you accept us, you, you meanie, meanie, meanie. All of the name calling, all of the bullying, all of the activism, all of that has consequences. This is Nicole Russell in the Daily Signal. Uh, and it goes through a little bit about, uh, about a Taylor Swift thing and whatever. <clears throat> According to the annual, this, let's get into the meat of this. According to the annual Accelerating Acceptance Report conducted by the Harris Poll on behalf of LGBT advocacy group GLAD, the number of Americans 18 to 34 who are comfortable with LGBT people in various situations slipped from 53% in 2017 down to 45% in 2018, and the 53% figure is down from 63% in 2016. Survey asked men and women of various age brackets whether they're uncomfortable with the following. Learning a family member is LGBT. Having your child placed in class with an LGBT teacher. Learning your doctor is LGBT. Learning your child had an LGBT history lesson in school. <clears throat> Again, pre-pandemic. Can you imagine what these numbers would be like <clears throat> now that we've had all of these teachers on TikTok talking about how all of this advocacy and the activism that they've tried to do in their classes? The largest drop in acceptance appears to be among the youngest age brackets. In 2018, 36% of young people said they were uncomfortable learning a family member was LGBT compared with 29% in 2017. Likewise, 34% were uncomfortable learning their doctor was LGBT versus only 27% a year late, uh, earlier. In addition, 39% said they would be uncomfortable learning their child had a school lesson on LGBT history versus 27% two years prior. It appears young women have dropped the most in their com comfortability with LGBT people. In 2017, 64% were comfortable compared to 52% in 2018. Also of note, in 2017, people ages 72 and up were the most uncomfortable learning a child had an LGBT lesson in school. John Gerzema, CEO of the Harris Poll, expressed concern over these numbers to USA Today. We count on the narrative that young people are more progressive and tolerant. These numbers are very alarming and signal a looming social crisis and discrimination. Okay, we count on... We count on the narrative... That's a very telling statement, right? Because the media is responsible for the narrative. 
the media tells you, well, society says, everybody believes, everybody knows, right? The media is the one that crafts the narrative. That's how we get our stories. That's how we understand what's going on in society, right? Because the media tells us these things, right? <clears throat> USA Today reported that when Sarah Kate Ellis, president and CEO of GLAAD, looked closer, she discovered the younger age bracket actually interacted more with LGBT people, particularly individuals who were non-binary and don't identify simply as lesbian or gay. She blamed their lower comfort level on a newness that takes time for people to understand. You just don't get it, folks. You're uncomfortable with the LGBTQIA LMNOP crowd because you just don't understand. It's your fault. It's not, it's not us. It's you. Both Grzyma and Ellis blamed the lack of tolerance on the Trump administration's policy efforts regarding transgender people in the military and religious liberty issues. Okay. But this, this continues. But this makes no sense. If politics is really downstream from culture and there is more equality in America than ever before, wouldn't the culture reflect and accept that notion of being more tolerant? a very telling question. Again, this is from three years ago. This is pre-pandemic. Let me read that again. Because how many times have we heard politics is downstream from culture? And basically what that means is you affect the culture and the politics, the politics will fall in line with how society believes what is right and wrong. That's how we codify. We use our laws. We use our rules and our regulations to codify behavior that's accepted or not accepted by society, by the culture, in the zeitgeist. What we accept and what we don't accept, then we turn it into rules and regulations and laws. That's why murder is illegal, because it's bad to kill people. If politics is really downstream from culture and there is more equality in America than ever before, wouldn't the culture reflect and accept that notion of being more tolerant? Now, the flip side you could use here, you know, the, the other way that you could read this is that the culture isn't as tolerant and there isn't equality in America. And some, some media outlets would want to paint it that way. But what if... The majority of people in the United States see abnormal behavior as abnormal behavior. And the narrative that we've been getting from the media is an effort to normalize what is not normal. And now, post-pandemic, when all of these, all of these teachers have been, have been outed and have outed themselves... And parents realize what kind of things have been going on in their schools because they're now listening in on the Zoom calls and the, and the online classes. And the, wait a minute, what are you teaching my kid? Now, three years later, I wonder what these numbers would look like. How tolerant are we going to be? And because of how they act. And yes... Alois, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly the next point. He says, I don't think anyone has a problem with the LGBT. Uh, LGB, it's T and queer militants people have problems with. And that gets into the, to, to the, the other part of this. A better way to understand the survey results might be to look at how pushy, even aggressive, the LGBT movement has been in ensuring its rights supersede the rights of others. Whether it's lawsuits for bathroom rights or lawsuits against religious people who can't in good conscience bake a certain cake, the LGBT community is not advocating equal rights but supreme rights that marginalize everyone else's. This aggressive push for LGBT equality may actually be backfiring, causing even young people to feel discomfort and alienation. And you look now at what's going on with Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller sitting there saying, you know, I use they, them pronouns. I'm non-binary. Don't touch me. You're, 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 you're having fantasies about me while you arrest me. 
people are not comfortable with this for a reason. There is there is pushback on this stuff, and rightly so, because you've you've you the baseball bat approach doesn't work, and that's true of any philosophy, any belief system, whether it's LGBTQ, LMNOP rights. You know, I mean, if you're part of the alphabet soup gang, that's fine. But if you want to beat me over the head with a baseball bat and force me to accept your point of view, that doesn't work for me. Same thing, if I'm a Christian and I want to tell you about the gospel of Jesus Christ and I want to sit there and tie you down in a chair and handcuff you and force feed you scripture, that's not going to work either. That's not very persuasive. And you have a lot of these militant activists across the board, but some in Florida, you know, with these these drag queen nights and these, you know, library events where you have all of this, you know, stuff going on in front of kids and this idea that we need to be able to indoctrinate our kids into this alternate lifestyle, people are going to start to push back. And I think people like Ezra Miller are finding out there are consequences to behaving in this way. Now, I'm not saying that Miller has gone that far. We don't know that he has. You know, I, but, you know, you see some of these actors, you know, men in skirts on the red carpet events at the Oscars and the Emmys and, and the whatnot. You know, it's an attempt by the by the media to normalize this stuff. Now, having said all of that, let me ask you a question. Where are we finding out about Ezra Miller and these allegations against him? How are we learning of these things? Well, it's the media that's telling us. It's Rolling Stone and Variety and Deadline and The Hollywood Reporter. It's all these different magazines and news, news outlets that are telling us about these allegations against Ezra Miller. These same media outlets that told us about Amber Heard's allegations against Johnny Depp. These same media outlets that told us that Donald Trump was working for Russia. These same media outlets that told us that there was a plot to kidnap and assassinate Governor Gretchen Whitmer. These same media outlets that told us about fill in the blank. How many times does the media lie to us? Now I'm not saying that they're lying to us about Ezra Miller. I'm not saying these allegations are false. I don't know. The allegations are out there. They've been reported in the media. But I will encourage you to look at everything that's reported in the media with a healthy amount of skepticism because we are learning. Some of us are learning it faster than others. <clears throat> Some of us knew it for a while now. We are learning that there are certain institutions in the United States especially, but other places as well, that we cannot trust. You cannot trust the media. You cannot trust the government. I saw a thing earlier today... Apparently, the Caesars Entertainment Resorts... Hello, Mazeris. Good to see you. The Caesars Entertainment Resorts in Las Vegas apparently are employing security guards that are dressed in tactical outfits. They've got their own SWAT teams at the hotels and casinos. And they're dressed like law enforcement. They look like law enforcement, but they're not law enforcement. What do we believe... What are we told? Everything. Everything. Healthy dose of skepticism, folks. And I also think that it's really interesting, the timing of this. 
Because, yes, we've had a lot of discussion about the fact that Batgirl had a person of color as the star and people of color as the directors. And, oh, woe is us because we're not going to get a person of color and it's racist that Batgirl got, got canceled. And the timing of this also seems fairly coincidental because just recently, just not even a couple of days ago, two or three, four days ago, we got this story about how Jason Momoa has come out saying that Aquaman 2 is going to be this big environmentalist thing. Now, are we now talking about Ezra Miller to distract away from the fact that Aquaman 2 is going to be an environmentalist message film? Whether it is or not, whether it is or not, here's the star of the film talking about Aquaman 2 and the environment. This is Cinema Blend. Jason Momoa manages to tie Aquaman 2 and saving the environment into moving new post. So is this going to be an environmental thing? I mean, he's got a water, a, a, a bottled water line called Pure. And he says, I'd rather have a cold plunge than heat, but it's the last day of 41 and Aquaman 2 is kicking my butt in a good way. Times are changing. Need to take care of myself a little more. Hydrate up. Sweat it out. Mahalo, Warner Brothers Pictures, for supporting Mananalu Water and being on Aquaman 2. Getting rid of single-use plastic is an obsession of mine. Mahalo to everyone trying to make a difference. So, on the set... Maybe some environmental awareness and some recycling and all that other stuff. But, of course, now people are sitting there saying it's an environmentalist message movie. Who knows? And if they get rid of Amber Heard, does that improve the environment? Who knows? But it's a whole lot easier. You know, they circle back to the Ezra Miller thing. It's a whole lot easier to replace Ezra, uh, Amber Heard for 10 minutes than it is... Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller for two hours. So, who knows? We'll see. I don't know. New name in the chat. I see Papa Pills. David Saslav is my favorite slasher. They, they're calling him... They're calling him Zaslav the Butcher in several writers' groups uh, internally, so uh, there is that. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. Papa Bill says, as long as Amber Heard is out of Aquaman, Jason can do all the product placement he wants. And, and that's fine. You know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kicking Jason Momoa, but the timing of this is interesting, that we're all talking about Ezra Miller and the help that he's getting, hopefully. Hopefully it's not just a, a, a PR move. Hopefully he's legitimately getting help. And he legitimately benefits from that. I really do hope that. Nothing but the best I wish for everybody. I don't want anyone to have, you know, uh, suffering in their lives. But there do need to be consequences. We'll leave it at that. Did a little bit, uh, went a little bit long today, just a little bit. Sometimes I, sometimes I do that. All right, you can connect with us over on the various different social medias. We're on 10 different platforms, and, you know, I constantly question that, but there we are. And uh, we've got a newsletter you can sign up for. We've got a tip jar if you want to send us anything through PayPal or, or anything like that. We got, uh, we got a little bit this week, so thank you for that. And uh, various different video platforms. Of course, we do want to have you. Uh, we do want to encourage you to connect with us over on Odyssey. And if you're listening to this show as a podcast, don't forget we do broadcast live on our YouTube and Odyssey channels, Sci-Fi for Me TV. You can find us uh, pretty much anywhere. Coming up on Friday, we're going to talk about this and. I don't know what kind of conversation this is going to be, but there is a new Wizard of Oz on the way from the guy who makes Blackish. So that's Friday. So 
Robert says, I'd be happy to sign up for $5 a month if you would hail Zeno and Princess Zeno once a month in the show opening. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I might add that to the add that to the roster of all of the different greetings and whatnot that we knew, the salutations. Uh, and coming up next Wednesday, one week from today, number 450. we got to figure out what we're going to do on that. So uh, be sure to tune in on Friday. We'll be talking about uh, we'll be talking about the Wizard of Oz. Saturday, of course, we've got Good Morning Multiverse at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central, with all of the week's headlines. And then we do it all again next week. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Remember, a couple of things here. Elections have consequences. <coughs> Liz Cheney's finding that out. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.